0: Hello and welcome to Middle East Matters, I'm Delon D'Souza, coming up on the show this week. Israel says it will investigate the assault on slain journalist Shireen Abu Akleh's funeral, this after police beat mourners during the funeral procession causing the coffin to fall. Reformist candidates make big gains in parliamentary elections over in Lebanon. Militant group Hezbollah dealt a major blow after losing its majority in parliament. And another sandstorm hits Iraq, authorities advising people not to go outside. Thousands of Iraqis facing difficulties breathing and the country's airspace has been forced to shut. But first, an Al Jazeera journalist was killed last week during an Israeli raid in the West Bank. Shireen Abu Akhle was wearing a flak jacket at the time with the word press clearly marked. Both Israelis and Palestinians have traded blame over who fired the shot. And Israel has opened an investigation into heavy-handed police tactics used during Abu Akle's funeral procession, which caused her coffin to fall. We can now bring in Sharif Mansour, Middle East and North Africa Programme Coordinator at the Committee to Protect Journalists. Thank you very much for joining us here on France 24. Now, Palestinian authorities have ignored Israeli offers for a joint investigation given how Shireen's funeral procession went last week. Should anyone be surprised?
1: We have called uh, from the beginning of an independent, transparent uh, investigation and also international investigation, because I think both parties, the Israelis and the Palestinians, should do their own investigation, and they did, and they have provided some initial uh, information, but we want that evidence, forensic evidence, to be shared with other stakeholders, including the U.S. government, the Qatari government, and the ongoing UN probe into the killing and targeting of journalists and media outlets in Israel and the occupied Palestinian territories. We. We think also there is a chance here for some justice because next month the uh, the UN probe will release its findings and also possibly the uh, US President Biden is possibly visiting Israel. So there is an obligation here that this case would be included in both the UN probe And also in the discussions President Biden is having with his Israeli counterpart.
0: It's great to have an independent investigation, but what is the point when Israel will accuse whichever organization that carries out this investigation of being biased against Israel?
1: Well, this is a a two factor here that I think is making this a lot more harder for any party to ignore. One of them is that this is a U.S. citizen. So in addition to supporting press freedom and the principles of press freedom, there is an obligation by the Biden administration to work with Shireen's family, with her outlets, to make sure that their interest in justice is satisfied. There is also the ongoing conversation here is about the Israeli army's uh, trigger-happy Rules of engagement that had uh, started this UN probe exactly a year ago when they targeted 28 media facilities, including US, uh, Massachusetts Press, Al Jazeera, and many Palestinians. Uh, So having those. Uh, building Mart as press, known as press, being targeted. And also in the near future, in in the near past, in 2018, during the Gaza protest, when the, when the Israeli army also shot dozens of journalists, Palestinian journalists, and killed two photojournalists, also cleared Mart as press during the Gaza protest of 2018, and also I- shot... Vehicle marked as press in the Gaza War of 2012 and 2014.
0: I want to talk about this because Israel does pride itself on being the Middle East-only democracy. We often hear that tagline being used a lot. Yet 35 journalists have been killed since 2000 in occupied uh, territories. Who is being held responsible for these killings? Nobody.
1: None. And that's why it had reached the UN. Uh, Usually the UN doesn't touch anything until all local and regional uh, accountability mechanisms have been exhausted without justice. None of the soldiers uh, were held accountable who were responsible for targeting journalists and media outlets, and majority of them were not even investigated. And so far, what we see right now is that that soldier who's being investigated, they just took his gun. So we want—that's never enough. We want to make sure that justice is raised and continues to be uh, uh, an issue here so that it doesn't just help Shirin and her family, also helps the majority of those who were killed, Palestinian journalists who are targeted every day and who do not get the attention or the pressure for the, their justice, as we are seeing now with Shirin.
0: And future journalists who go out and try and do the jobs and report on this very difficult part of the world.
1: Absolutely, and this has been a like one of the things I've noticed in the eyewitness testimony that the journalist groups, including Al Jazeera and others, who were moving to cover this, they were taking the precautions that a lot of people, a lot of journalists have traditionally taken in order to minimize any confusion and also not to be targeted. Mm. They have waited, they have shown themselves to the Israeli side, and later on the shooting starts. So we want to make sure that safety is uh, is important as a discussion, and also accountability would be the first outcome of any investigation. Next, forensic evidence. Any other relevant um, information or evidence is shared with the UN uh, investigation and also uh, with the Qatari and US government.
0: Sheriff Mansour, thank you very much for joining us on the program today. Now, Lebanon's militant group Hezbollah has lost its majority in parliament. According to official results, 12 new pro-reform MPs have won seats. The newcomers come from different sects and they have broken the hold of traditional parties in parliament. Elections held this past Sunday were the first since the explosion at Beirut's port in 2020. Jenny Shin reports.
2: Lebanon's election results are out and they foretell a significant change in the balance of power. The country's Iran-backed Hezbollah group and its allies scored 62 seats in the 128-seat assembly, falling short of the 65 needed to retain a majority in parliament. A turnaround for the Shiite faction, who has held majority support since 2018. Their strongest opponents in parliament will be led by the Saudi-aligned Christian party, the Lebanese forces, who ran a fierce anti-Hezbollah campaign. The country's frustration against the status quo also gave a push to reformist political groups that emerged from the 2019 demonstrations, winning at least 13 seats, while anti-establishment candidates picked up 16, a significant jump for both compared to the 2018 elections. Sunday's voting recorded a low turnout at just over 40 percent and was marred by allegations of voter fraud. Some reformists accused traditional parties of trying to invalidate some diaspora votes on which they had pinned their hopes. The interior Ministry has denied the claims.
3: Falsification?
1: Do you see falsification in these results? We've monitored the electoral process properly and the judges did their job. We don't interfere in the results."
2: The general elections are a first since Lebanon's financial collapse and the deadly Beirut port blast of 2020, which sent the economy into a free-fall and stoked public anger with the corrupt ruling elite.
0: Abu Dhabi's Crown Prince has been named President of the United Arab Emirates. Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed al Nahyan, taking over the top job following the death of his half-brother. A host of dignitaries, including French President Emmanuel Macron and the US Vice President Kamala Harris, flooded into Abu Dhabi to pay their respects to the country's late ruler and meet the new president. Now intense sandstorms have been sweeping Iraq. Local authorities advising people to remain indoors. Visibility has dropped so much that it's forced the country to close its airspace. At least eight sandstorms have hit Iraq since April and thousands of people have wound up in hospital, finding it difficult
3: to breathe. As dust and sand sweeps over Baghdad, the city disappears behind a thick orange cloud once again. Iraq's rapid desertification has contributed to at least seven dust storms in a month's time. Residents have had enough. It's exhausting. We're suffering from climate change, and I'm really fed up. There are more than 5,000 cases
0: of hospitalization in hospitals, apparently. One person died. I hope it will stop.
3: At Central Baghdad's Al-Kindi Hospital, patients are being treated for storm-related ailments. This woman suffers from chronic asthma, and her husband is worried the dust will be the end of her. Last week, she almost died suffocating. She couldn't breathe. Outside, the storm rages on. Doctors here know they'll have to continue treating patients in respiratory distress all day.
1: This year, we've had a lot more dust storms. It's become very frequent, and the number of patients continues to increase in our services.
3: The proliferation of these storms is a result of widespread desertification. Water is becoming increasingly scarce in Iraq due to climate change but also because dams built upstream in Turkey and Iran are choking the country's rivers. The first to suffer are Iraq's farmers who can no longer provide water for their crops. This is what's left of my 18,000 square metres of land, two lemon trees, which died last year. Musab had to buy this water pump to draw up groundwater. But it's not a sustainable solution. There's a lot of sulphate in these waters. It's killing our crops. Honestly, it's impossible to be a farmer in this country today. The sector's simply drying out. Iraq is one of the most vulnerable countries to climate change. And its 40 million inhabitants are already dealing with the consequences every day.
0: That's it for this edition of Middle East Matters from of us on the team. Thank you very much for watching.